You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, wow, we thank you, Jesus, we just thank you, Jesus, we thank you, Jesus, yeah, we thank you, Jesus, worship, I I was just getting rocked, and then I, I looked over, and this guy just wrecked me. Uh, what's your name, buddy? What was that? Weston. Weston, you need to come up here for a little bit and just, just sit here for, with me. Just, just sit right there. But uh, just, just sit right there because God's going to start opening up your spiritual eyes and it's going to be really, really fun. And then you're going to, you know, we get to minister together. But the anointing of the Lord is so strong on this young man's life. I looked over at worship. And he was just worshiping all by himself, no one else around, where he didn't care who was next to him, and he was just crying in the presence. And, you know, it's good. It's good to let people influence you. It's good to let kids influence you. Wow. To have the same expectancy to receive from Benny Hinn as you would a five-year-old. It's the same Holy Spirit. And I just stood next to him and I prayed for him for a bit, but then I just received next to him because there's something to receive. There's purity in worship. But we just thank you for Weston. We thank you, Lord, for opening up his spiritual eyes, for him just having fun with you and Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that he would be like a Samuel, that he would begin to learn your voice, that, 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 uh, that I just thank you, Lord, that he is a man after your own heart. And Lord, that you would begin to speak to him, that you would begin to teach him the language of heaven, that I thank you, Lord, that he's after your heart. So Lord, just begin to anoint him, that you would mark him for such a time as this, that you would mark him. Wes, and I see you just going around with other kids and that you're a leader among leader, leaders and that you're going to uh, be catalytic and moving in signs and wonders that you don't have a junior Holy Spirit. You're going to see people get out of wheelchairs. You're going to see broken bones mended back together. And that, that, that you are a boy of compassion. You are a boy of curiosity. And curiosity is huge. Uh, I, I, even, I don't know if you have any teachers or anything like that, that that say, hey, don't daydream. But I just want to release you to daydream with God. Yeah. That there really is something about your imagination realm that has been sanctified by the Lord. And that the Lord is going to open up doorways to you. And it might even start in the imagination realm. And then it begins to step into encounters. That David would begin... To, to connect with God's presence, that Abraham would connect with God's presence in the imagination realm, that you have the mind of Christ. But we just release you to daydream with God. 
and also have fun. <laughs> I was a junior high pastor for a while. <clears throat> We're just going to hang out here for a second. <sighs> I was a junior high pastor for a while, and, and it's really cool when you could identify, like, wow, the prophetic anointing on this, this one is really strong. But I always made it a really big point as a junior high pastor that their identity is not going to be consumed to be a prophet. I'm not going to let their childhoods get robbed, that I'm going to take, you know, my junior hires toilet papering with me. We're going to go night surfing. We're going to go on, you know, crazy scavenger hunts. We're going to go and see, you know, like movies and all that stuff. But we're also going to prophesy over people. We're going to heal the sick together. And we're going to see, we would decorate our youth room with empty, you know, wheelchairs of the kids praying for them. And we had a, a, a two-month season over uh, 200 legs grow out. And it was all the kids praying, you know, for one another. But that was the one thing that I, I you know, I could, you could get the, the elders and the leaders and like, oh, the anointing, he's a Samuel. And I'm like, hey, listen, he's 13. We're not going to, we're not, he, his whole identity isn't wrapped up as a prophet. We're also going to have fun and also establish that, that God likes to have fun. Jesus. But we just thank you for Weston, God. We thank you, Lord, that there is a wave that Lonnie Frisbee preached on Mother's Day that awakened the vineyard. And, uh, and also uh, Steve Hill preached on Father's Day that awakened Brownsville that John was talking about. But both times, Steve Hill and Lonnie Frisbee said, I want to pray for the kids. Yeah. And so, Lord, we just pray for the kids. We pray, Lord, for our youth, that there would be a wave of your spirit that would touch them. That, that I remember in 2019, God say, said to me, say yes to youth conferences. And I began to see the youth get baptized in the Holy Spirit and get blasted by God, realizing, wow, they've never had a touch. So, Lord, I pray that you would mark the youth of Charlotte. Lord, that you, Spirit of God, would possess a generation. That they would be so in love that Weston would be a forerunner. Such a tender heart. That's the goal for everything, right? Weston, you could hang out here as long as you want, and you could go back to your chair any time that you want. But I'm telling you, God's going to start opening up your spiritual eyes. What's really cool, sometimes I'll see, like, angels, like, standing behind people. Sometimes, like, I don't hear things audibly. Like, an angel will open its mouth, and I'll, like, read ticker tape. Sometimes there'll be a body part that comes out of the mouth. I know that's a little freaky, but it's okay. You'll get used to it. <laughs> You get used to it. God's trying to give you words of knowledge for healing, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So you might see colors. You might start hearing stuff. You, you can let me know if you want to, or you just keep on soaking it in. But we're going to keep going. Jesus. Whew. Jesus. I hit on friendship this morning, and it's such a, a key message, and it's going to be just a, a continuation, and I'm going to talk about communion as the big kind of centerpiece of tonight, but before we do, in that, in that place of friendship, this afternoon I went to go lay down for a nap and, and having a, an epic meal with 
John and Tiffany, and, and, uh, and I was like, I was just getting stirred in my spirit, and I just kept on hearing the Lord say, <laughs> you know, this is, this is the way that God speaks to me, as you just got a little snippet over there. I love it. Like, th- when you get to cultivate hearing his voice and recognizing his voice for decades, there's just so many ways that God loves to speak to you. He's so not boring, and he's always speaking. His first language isn't English. It's Spanish. No, I'm joking. His first language is not English. That he speaks to us in so many different ways. So I'm laying down, trying to take a nap, and all I could hear God say is, Chad, the pathway to the mountain of transfiguration is through fish tacos. Now let me give you some context. Because there's conversations that I have with God that are ongoing. And God was hitting me on Friday. Chad, you realize the mountain of transfiguration that Jesus invited his three best friends. And that that he began to tell me that friendship, cultivating friendship will lead you to the invitation. When you grow in equity with the Lord, it will lead you into the mountain of transfiguration. One of the greatest encounters and moments where God shows up, right? But it was these three guys that he had fish tacos with, slept in caves with. It wasn't the 70, it wasn't the 12, it was the three guys that he had the most equity with. Two thousand five, I had a crazy, crazy time with the Lord where I was just hungry. I mean, I wanted some donuts. I I worked at Red Robin. I was 23 years old, married for like a month and a half. And uh, I got off of work and I was like, man, I'm I'm hungry. So I'm going to go to the grocery store and grab some donuts. I'm 23 and that just sounded really good. And so I walk into the grocery (laughs) store and Crazy miracles happen. It was awesome. It started from seeing this lady. I didn't have a word of knowledge. I didn't have angels blowing trumpets or anything like that. That I was just walking through the, the, the aisle where uh, this lady was paying for her groceries. And I noticed that she had a hearing aid in her left ear. So I asked her, I'm like, hey, I see you have a hearing aid. Can I pray for you? And she's like, oh, that'd be really sweet. Thank you for praying for me. She starts walking away. I'm like, no, no, I'd like to pray for you right now. <laughs> Like, not in my bedroom, you know? Like, no, no, like, right now, I'd love to pray for you. And so I said, hey, can you take out the hearing aids so we can see, you know, it, it, when, when God shows up, you'll notice that something's happening. And so I pray for the, the checkout ladies, like, watching this whole thing go down, and, and uh, I'm praying for her, and then I'm like, okay, um, you know, close up your other ear, and I'm going to, like, you know, talk and just let me know if there's anything that's happening. She was 95% deaf. And she goes, I could, I could hear you. And so she starts repeating the things that I'm saying. And then I get to about 20 feet away, and she's repeating the things that I'm saying. And the grocery clerk, who's like 20, goes, I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> so that's when she realizes, well, I have better hearing than the grocery clerk. And then the Lord then, like, I feel this cool wind in the back of my neck, and then you know, the Lord says, hey, there's other th- people that need to get healed here of carpal tunnel. Um, there's somebody with a hip issue. So I had a good idea of I should get on the intercom. 
So I asked the grocery, you know, clerk lady, I'm like, hey, this is God. Like, I couldn't do this. Like, you just, we just watched God heal this lady's ear. And it was like over 20 some years of, of, of uh, 95% deaf. And she's like crying. The grocery clerk's crying. And I'm like, can I get on the intercom? She's like, yeah. So she shows me how to work it. And I, you know, like, well, what, how do you address, you know, the grocery store people? And I'm like, attention all shoppers. God is in the building. He has just healed this lady of over 20 years of deafness in her left uh, ear, 95% deaf. She can hear fine now. And God wants to heal other people in the grocery store. So if you have carpal tunnel issues, if you've got hip issues, come on up to aisle 10. And, uh, and so people start coming, about a good 20, 25 people. And this, this uh, guy is, is shaking his wrist at me. He's like doing this and he's got his fists up. And I'm like, oh no, is he like mad? Is he, what, what's going on? And he tells me that he's a piano teacher and that he, he's dealing with severe pain and he has severe carpal tunnel in both wrists and that he's thinking about changing career paths because it's, I, mean, I can't take the pain anymore. And so I, I pray for him and I said, start moving the wrists, the, the two wrists when I'm praying. And so he starts doing it and goes, oh my gosh, they're on fire. They're on fire. I'm like, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And, and then as he's like freaking out, this lady comes in a motorized car and says, hey, I'm going in for hip replacement surgery next week. Do you really think God could heal me? And I said, of course God could heal you. That's who he is. That's his nature. So that's that. And I grabbed the lady who was once, you know, deaf in her left ear. And I said, okay, freely you have received. Now freely give away. You are now on the prayer team with me. And we're going to pray for this lady. The other guy with the wrist was like freaking out still. So, you know, I was just going to let him have his moment. And, uh, and so me, me and her prayed for her, and then I said, okay, now try to do something you couldn't do before. And, and she moves her leg, and she goes, <gasps> and I'm thinking in my head, the great man of faith that I am, oh, no. Is she in pain? Is that like a gasp of pain? And she goes, I couldn't do that before without pain. There's no pain there. And I'm like, well, do something else. And so she gets up out of the motorized car, and then she starts running around the grocery store. And... And I tell everyone, hey, like Jesus died on the cross for these guys to be healed, but he also died on the cross for you to be best friends with the creator of the universe. Who here wants to ask Jesus to come in their lives that you'd be best friends with Jesus? And all these hands start coming up. And I got to pray for them, and then I forgot to get donuts. I forgot that I was hungry because I was spiritually getting fed. So I just, you know, that kind of shut down there. And I, you know, left the grocery store, but this is the reason why I'm bringing this up. In 2001, God asked me, Chad, is it all right if I do things in your life that it's just me and you, and you don't tell anybody? Is that okay? Like, it's about me and you, Right? Is there, is there, there's things that we get to do together, experiences, crazy encounters, people getting healed, people getting saved, and, and it's just between me and you. This is the Mount Transfiguration, because what does he tell Peter? Jesus, don't tell anyone until it's the right time. There's special moments with him. This is hitting the drumbeat of friendship. This is a huge key to friendship. I walk out of the grocery store and I heard the voice of God say, don't tell anybody. 
And it was about 10 days later, the Lord said, all right, tell Julia, who's my wife, and tell Danny Silk. And I'm like, are you sure, God? Like, he was like, yeah, it's, it's, you, you, could, you, could tell him, you could tell him about this, what, what happened. And it's crazy because this story has gone around the world. Yeah. It's happened in 2005. Like, I think uh, I signed a contract where I made no money that, uh, that this radio station wanted to play the testimony with about three other testimonies for one year over and over again in, in Scotland. And I was like, God, why is it that you have breathed on this testimony when I've got all these other crazy testimonies? And he said, it's because you were willing to keep it just me and you. Jesus. Friendship. Being one with the Father. Being one with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. To be connected. That's what I'm after. Is to be connected. I love what... John and Tiffany are going after with emotional wholeness and, and, and gaining that ground and understanding that really the Lord is so behind that as the God of hope, that he wants to reveal himself in our nation as the God of hope, as the Prince of Peace. But also that we would begin to be connected to our spirit, soul, and body as we connect with the Spirit of the Lord. And I feel like we're just tipping really the iceberg of understanding about connection. To be connected to yourself, but also to be connected with the Lord. You know, I, I shared a little bit this morning about some of the crazy like prayer paddles and all that stuff. And what's been amazing is uh, I was doing this four-day bike ride where I was cramping in my hip and uh, we were doing 40 miles a day, and, you know, it's just I'm um, running with these 20-year-olds that could, you know, bike circles around me. And actually biking is a, a place of, of fear that I had to kill because on Father's Day 2016, I had a severe accident where uh, I call it teeping, where my, I had a bike accident, went over the handlebars. It was an accident in front of me, and I couldn't avoid it downhill uh, with a crew, and, uh, and I landed on my back, broke my helmet in like three places, but my clavicle was coming through, and uh, I had to do surgery. They say 5% of those that break their clavicle have to do surgery, so I'm in that top 5 percentile. feel very, very, you know, special. <laughs> but the Lord said, hey, I want you to get back on the bike to pray, and I'm like, oh, God, no, let me get back in the water to pray. That's my sweet spot. But it was in this bike ride, and I was cramping, and the Lord says, hey, this is Luke 10, 27. That a commandment I give to you, that you love your Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. But there's something that I have discovered in doing these, you know, spiritual Ironmans, and, you know, I just, I actually did a spiritual Ironman, that's what I'm calling them, where uh, it was uh, the middle of September. I paddled seven miles, praying, and then I got 40 waves where every wave I made a declaration that the spirit of adoption hit California, 
that my daughter would get hit with the Holy Spirit, that you, know, that you would end the opioid crisis in America. So I had 40 declarations. And trust me, 40 waves is very, uh, it's a lot of waves, which, hey, there's something about tenacity. There's something about the king that was going after victory and Elijah goes, hey, you pull out the arrows and strike the ground. And he only grabbed five, six arrows. He's like, dang. Or was it only a, was it only a few arrows? There's only three arrows. He's like, oh, if you only would have striked five or six or the whole quiver. Now you're only going to have three victories in battle, but you're not going to win the whole thing. And there's something about giving God your all. In worship. And this is amazing, dancing and the whole deal, but our lives are a worship service. And there's, you know, something special that I've discovered in this place of, like, prayer where I'm paddling and I'm connected to my body as I paddle six hours, 20 miles and I'm my mental fortitude and maybe the winds at my face or, you know, whatever it may be that like, oh, no, maybe I'm not going to make it. And you are connected to your mind. And also you're connected to your spirit. To where you could actually feel. Sorry, I didn't finish that spiritual Ironman. Seven miles, 40 waves, and then I biked 27 miles. So that was a lot of fun in one day. It's not, a, it's not a real Iron Man. I understand that. But it's a spiritual Iron Man. Yeah, just 27 miles. But there is something about engaging your body, soul, and spirit at the same time while you connect to the Spirit of God that you become aware. And you need to understand that it's so important that we become aware of our bodies, we become aware of our soul, and we become aware of our spirit and how to connect the three as we connect to the spirit of God. It's all about connection. Oh, Jesus. Is that a little too much? Was that a little like 2.0? A little, little... What's, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say too is that I feel like we're just in the beginning stages. If we want to see the spirit of unity in the churches, in, in all of our denominations, if we want to see the spirit of unity, we first have to connect. We have to begin to cultivate the spirit of unity within ourselves. The Lord is, is removing dualism in the church. Jesus. But it's this place of connection. And that's what we're going to talk about with communion. It's this place of connection that I do this in remembrance of what Jesus gave his life, that I would discover God, that I would begin to have access to the King of glory because I'm sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. So these prayer assignments, we take communion everywhere, every time we Take the land. The Lord told me in February of 21, I want you to take communion every prayer assignment and that you would pour the blood either in the water or on the land. You would take communion together and then you would pour the blood out and ask, ask me to heal the land. 
And so I've been doing that. And uh, the summer of 21, I took a, 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 a video of our team taking communion in the Sacramento River, the River of Sac- you know, Sacrament, pretty cool place to be taking communion. And I sent it to Lou Engle, and he goes, do you realize you're doing my dream? And I'm like, Lou, you're like the man of dreams. And you know, what, what dream are you talking about? And he goes, well, the last time I was in Reading in the natural in 2019, I had a dream that I was walking the Sundial Bridge. It's like this famous bridge in Reading. And I was walking with Bill Johnson, and I asked him, Bill, where do you catch fish in this river? And he says, oh, go down the river where the river bends. That's where everyone catches fish. So Lou walks down there in his dream. And as he turns the corner where the river bends, he notices the, ri- the, the, uh, the color of the river changes to red. And he sees thousands of fishermen throwing their lines, catching fish. And he heard the voice of God say that there is a move of my spirit coming out of Redding. There will be a communion revival that will open up the harvest. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been doing this. And I, so I decided at that point, well, I'm going to paddle from Redding all the way to the bay. And I have gone now from Redding all the way to Sacramento, which is 140 miles in the river, praying in the Sacramento River. This is very Joshua 1 prayer assignment stuff that I'm doing. Wherever your feet tread, I give you that land as your inheritance. And I'm like, okay, well then, that's your dream, Lou? Then I'm going to like, I say yes to that assignment, and I'm going to do the whole river all the way to San Francisco. It's good times. But there's been this special times with the Lord as we've taken communion as a team where the, the Lord is just crashing in as we're in nature and joining that worship service that's been going on for 10,000 years, all of creation and intercession. And we begin to worship him in the ocean and that we begin to take communion and we begin to thank him that, that he gave his life so that we can find it and have life more abundantly. That, that this this is not a get out of hell free card. That this is an invitation for relationship, for friendship, for connection. So May 5th of this year, uh, I was uh, doing third-year graduation. I had some uh, third years that were graduating under Julie and I. By the way, we have a ministry called Catch the Wave that was so awesome that someone had a vision uh, about a wave crashing. Was it Jesse? Jessica. Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. So that's our ministry, Catch the Wave. So, you know, like that's pretty awesome. That's pretty confirming. And uh, it really was from Heidi Baker. She had a dream in 2015 that she saw a wave, a tsunami wave hitting the West Coast, hitting California. And she saw me grab my surfboard and paddle out and jump on the wave and surf it. And everyone was running in fear when I was screaming at them. This is the dream that Heidi Baker had. And I was screaming at everyone, no, 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 no. This dream is, I mean, this wave is for us to surf, not to be scared. Come grab your surfboards. So that was in August. And in September, 
I was speaking at a conference with Heidi Baker in Pismo Beach, but before that, I went to San Clemente. My interns are, you know, this is back in 2015, so they're, they're sleeping on the beach, and Julie and I are in a, a, a nice house in Laguna Beach, and, uh, you know, we, we, it's okay. So anyways, I've camped many times. But, uh, but anyways, we get a phone call from our third years and say, hey, the uh, lifeguards are here, uh, the rangers are here, and they're telling us we have to evacuate because there's a tsunami warning. And then we get, like, the buzzers in Laguna Beach, there's a tsunami warning, and the tsunami warning is from San Clemente, where we were at, all the way to Pismo Beach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like happening in the natural Heidi Baker's, you know, I'm, where's the surfboard? No, I'm joking. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to Pismo, and I was just so ready to like have this crazy encounter. And uh, Pismo was amazing, but then I drove up that day back up to Reading, and I was trying to get a little snack at 10 p.m. in my kitchen in the pantry, and I had like this angel appear and touch me in my heart, and I just went out, and I was on the floor shaking. Julia, my wife, was like, wow, like that must be an account. We have tile floors, and, and that, that looks really you know, painful. And, but I was up in heaven, and the Lord said to me, Chad, there's another Jesus movement that's about ready to break out, and that you need to intercede, and that you need to be a father. So this is something, you know, as John and Tiffany, like this is something that we're hungry for, that we've been, you know, standing in the gap for, that God, like, you know, just where, where, where are you showing up? I mean, I remember 18 years old, well, first of all, 17, and getting on a plane to go to Pensacola, Florida. I didn't even know where Pensacola, Florida was, let alone Brownsville. And I got rocked by God. And then the next year, my senior year of high school, I worked for the city of Huntington Beach. And I saved up all my money so I could go to Brownsville School of Ministry. And I hopped on a bus. Hunger looks like something. Climbing a sycamore tree, jumping on a Greyhound bus and going across the country at 18 years old by yourself. You have to put your hunger on display. But you're not putting your hunger on display trying to convince God to come because he desires to come. It's not this thing of, okay, God, maybe it's not the right time or maybe, no, no, no. He wants to come. It is time. The moment that Jesus died on the cross, it's time. May 5th. So I'm, I'm cooking hands for the third years that are graduating and we're, you know, for the families. And then I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to text Lou Engel. And I text him, hey, Lou, like, can you let me know next time you're in California? I'll come down and just run with you and just let me know the next date. And he goes, well, where are you today? And I'm like, I'm in Redding, California. He goes, well, I'll be there in two hours. The Lord told me this is the time to go and take communion where I had my dream. And so I meet Lou, and we have this crazy encounter together in the Sacramento River where we take communion together. And Lou, like, prophesied over me, you need to take communion in all the different rivers of America and and I just kept on pulling that string, going to Austin, Texas, and 
going to uh, you know the river here at, at uh, uh, Wilmington. Like it was crazy. They're telling me there's crocodile or alligators at the USS North Carolina. There's a 12 footer or 14 footer hanging out there. And I was like, ooh, yeah, let's go do that. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I'm a little bit different. I'm a little adventurous, and uh, I, I go paddle around with like big giant, uh, you know, whales and sharks and turtles. I like that kind of stuff. I, that gets me going. But anyways, I know it's a little different. But I've been going after just communion and just Lou has just been going after communion revival. Actually, right now, he's doing a communion service in Colorado Springs. And there's something about the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus that was broken for us, that we would begin to understand this covenant. You know it takes two parties to have covenant. Jesus did his part. There's no other level of sacrifice that he could give. He put all the chips on the table. There's nothing else that he could sacrifice. He gave his life. And so it's important that we're reminded about covenant and communion, that also what do we, what are we called to contribute to this covenant? that we give him our lives, but that we begin to learn to connect, that it gives us access. Jesus. We're going to take communion tonight, but before we do, I just want to hit this in Hebrews 11, or Hebrews 10, and I really feel like, like if you've got pain in your body, just let the Lord just begin to heal you. As I just just I'm going to talk about in Hebrews where whoever wrote Hebrews, maybe Paul, who knows, but he's breaking down, the writer of Hebrews is breaking down the old covenant and the new covenant and how the old covenant is fading and the new covenant is being established as a greater covenant. And talking about, you know, we were, I skipped over some parts of how, you know, the priests would be sprinkled with blood and they would go into the Holy of Holies. Only one priest could go in there. And the rest of them would be in the outer courts. I mean, what's amazing is we are covered by the blood of Jesus and we all have access to the Holy of Holies. Jesus. I hit this in March and I think I just needed to hit it again. But all this stuff that's going on in theology and, you know, in the church of deconstruction and the whole place of, you know, well, you know, God's so loving that there's not a hell, that there's not, you know, that, that this whole thing of, of, of love and deal that it's like, wow, I don't want to spend my life trying to articulate the boundary lines of the wilderness and the outer courts. Like, like, why would I need to convince you, oh, hell's a reality, don't go there. How about we can, like, yes, 
There's consequences to our actions. God gave us free will. You have a, a, a little picture, a little window. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he goes to the angels and to Lucifer, hey, here's free will. You guys get to choose. One third leaves. Why would he not be consistent? But we're not going there. So anyways, <laughs> my point being that we should be consumed with the holy of holies. That we don't need to convince people there's a hell or not a hell. We convince people there's a holy of holies right here that you get access to when you ask him to come into your life and you begin to take communion. Then you begin to remind yourself of why Jesus gave his life. What did it give you access to? That you begin to learn to abide, to begin to, to be in the holy of holies, the throne room of grace. That we get to go in with boldness. All right, I might as well just read it. It's just... Verse 10, chapter 10. By this, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. There's no need. And that's what the writer is talking about, how there was a continual need of a sacrifice, a continual need of sprinkling the blood, yeah, that, that you don't, it's the sacrifice is done. It's once and for all. It's finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he really meant it is finished. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those, are, those who are sanctified. And, all, and the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart, and their mind I will write them. And then he says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Glory. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? That's the good news of the gospel. That you could be grafted in, that you get to go into the throne with confidence. We're going to take communion here, and if we want, the team can't come up, or one person playing the keys is fine. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, maybe. I guess that was Johnny Boy, but, anyways. <laughs> Maybe there's another, there's another one, but uh, for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saving that for the last, which is right now, John. I had a dream uh, a couple days ago 
where I was in the uh, Carolina Panthers arena in their stadium. And I know. And they had the American flag out on the field. And it was, uh, they're playing the 49ers, which is crazy that, that they played today. And there's been this theme of like the West Coast and the East Coast coming together that I've been processing with John for a bit. And obviously he's having encounters with angels showing up with Broncos. But I see them remove the American flag, and when they remove the American flag on the football field is this gigantic rectangular table with all this food. And they all came together. The teams came together, and they weren't sitting team like, you know, with against like the other team. They're all spread out, intermixed together. And they're eating together and they're laughing and they're breaking bread. And then they all grab communion and they all take communion. And I see the whole stadium taking communion. And I feel like there's an invitation that it's going to release a corporate grace for our country, for our land, that when we begin, I feel like we are just, you know, just tipping the iceberg, hitting the tip of the iceberg of the power of communion. That it gives you access, it gives you connection, that it breaks off any place, any, any, any stronghold, any foothold the enemy might have. That it brings the peace of God into our lives. It gives us that confidence that we're sons and daughters. That we're grafted into the bloodline with Jesus being our big brother. So before we take communion, I want you just to put your hand on your heart and just close your eyes. Lord, I pray that we would do this in remembrance of you, but it would not be tradition. That we would realize that this is an invitation, that this is covenant. And that it takes two parties and that we would know what are we called to give. But what does it bring? It brings connection. It brings oneness. That Jesus, you prayed in John 17, make them one as you and I are one. That this is what makes us one. Jesus giving his life, shedding his blood for you, for I. That nothing is stronger than the blood of Jesus. So Lord, I pray for intimacy. I pray, Lord, that we would learn how to abide, how to be one with you. As Jesus, you were one with your Father. But Lord, we're so thankful for your blood. We're so thankful for your sacrifice because it gives us access. 
It opens the door for mankind. It is the bridge where we have fallen short of the glory of the Lord and he made a pathway and a bridge to go into the glory, to go into the holy of holies. So Lord, I pray for worship of thanksgiving and gratitude. That we would understand the privilege. Lord, that there would be almost moments of thanksgiving where we pinch ourselves saying, this has got to be a dream that I get to be for eternity with the King of glory and eternity starts right here, right now. So Lord, teach us how to be one with you right here, right now. And Lord, teach us how to be one with ourselves. It's your blood that heals, that makes us whole. So, Lord, I pray for wholeness in the body of Christ. I pray, Lord, for wholeness, that there wouldn't even be division within ourselves. I'm going to invite you to come up in a second, but I just want to remind you, pay attention to your body. Pay attention to your soul. Some of you, you're dealing with night terrors. Some of you, you're dealing with suicidal thoughts. Some of you are dealing with just thoughts in your mind that are causing anxiety. Just know that when you take communion, that you're being sprinkled by his blood, that you are being made whole. That it's by his stripes that we are healed. His body was broken so that we could be whole. There's somebody here that you were sitting on your bed like last week and you had pills in your hand and you were contemplating taking your life. And Jesus wants to meet you tonight. That you would discover him as the Prince of Peace. The God of hope. But Lord, I pray for friendship. That it's not a moment. It's friends for eternity. And eternity starts now. And so Lord, as we take communion, teach us to commune. Teach us to connect. Okay, come on up and get communion and just, you can stand, you can sit, you can, you have, uh, you have ushers in the back with communion as well for those that are in the back and One thing I feel like, too, to just declare as we're grabbing communion, 
I feel like the Lord is restoring families. That he's crashing in with hope. That families are being restored. That this blood would be cover our family. Lord, we thank you for healing. We thank you, Lord, that as we take your blood and take your body, that arthritis bows to Jesus, that cancer bows to Jesus, that trauma bows to Jesus. Lord, that you would begin to encounter us, that you would begin to soften our hearts as we take communion. Lord, that there would be a, a tenderizing in our hearts. And Lord, that we would be aware of the warmth that your presence brings. Lord, that we wouldn't recognize that our hearts were burning after you left. The road to Emmaus. So Lord, any place of offense, any place where we've got offended with you, God, any place where seeds of that have entered into our hearts. I pray that you would uproot any seeds of offense. That when we take communion, we let it go. That's what's required of us. That we would give him everything. That means your pain. That means your trauma. your expectation of who God is and what you expect him to do the way that you want him to do it, that you would just let go of control and say, I take communion with you, God, that I thank you for the sacrifice that you made. And Lord, here I am. Soften my heart that I would abide, that I would live in the sanctuary of the Lord. Lord, that you would teach us how to be a habitation of your presence, how to be a building block as you are the chief cornerstone. And so as we take communion, that we would recognize our spiritual family, our brothers and sisters, Lord, that wherever we need to forgive, Lord, that we would not live in 1 John 4.20 that we would love our God but hate our brother that we are liars. That we would recognize offense not just with you but maybe with others that this would be a moment of letting go.
laying it all down. So we take your body and we just thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life. We thank you, Jesus, that it was the joy set before you, you endured the cross. That you did this for friendship. You did this to be the bridge connecting us to the Father. That you are the doorway. That you are the way and the life. So Lord, as we take your body, that healing would flow in our bodies, in our souls, in our spirits. Some of you have gone through spiritual abuse and you need to let it go. And say, I trust you again. I trust leaders again. So Jesus, we do this in remembrance of you. Go ahead and take the body. Lord, we're so thankful for your blood. Lord, that your sacrifice is all that is needed that gives us access. Lord, that we're so thankful that in the spirit realm that we are sprinkled by your blood. That we don't live in the second heaven. But Lord, that we're seated in heavenly places with you, Christ Jesus. That heaven is our home. That it's your blood that gives us access, that gives us a birthright, that we would become familiar with heaven. That we become familiar with our dad. So Holy Spirit, crash in. As we take your blood, Holy Spirit, lead us to the Father. that we do this in remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice, that no other sacrifice is needed. And so, Lord, as we take this, that you would mark us for oneness, that you would mark us for communing with you. Teach us your ways. Take his blood. Don't be in a hurry. Please, don't be in a hurry. Just let this be a moment. Lord, that you'd begin to solidify, you'd begin to confirm the power of your covenant that you made with us. Lord, let healing flow. And Lord, we give you all that we have to have relationship with you, Lord, that the 
deep parts of me are crying out for the deep parts of you. And so, Lord, we're so thankful to be in the Holy of Holies with you. Right here, right now. Tormenting spirits go. Diseases go. Sound mind come. Some of you have just been getting oppressed by the enemy and the Lord wants to remind you he has your back. That his burden is light, his yoke is easy. So Lord, as we make covenant with you, that you would hit the easy button that your blood establishes in our lives. That you would remove the weariness. That we would just connect with you. That we would just rest in you. Lord, that you set a banqueting table before us in the presence of our enemies. That's a position of victory. That in the time of David, when you defeated an enemy, an army, you would march that defeated army in front of your banqueting table in celebration that victory is ours. And we just thank you, Lord, that it's your blood that brings victory. It's your blood that brings us into the promised land, that you are the promised land. And so, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that it's your blood that evicts giants that are living in our backyard. But Lord, that we would be focused on you. Lord, teach us to worship. Not just a song, not just words or instruments, but Lord, that we would worship 24-7. That you would teach us this place of abiding and communing and oneness with you. That it would be in that place that you would unlock prayer without ceasing. That there would be no doing, but there would just be being. Lord, teach us to be one. So, Lord, I pray for seeds, invitations that we would begin to say yes, way bigger than a service. Lord, teach us how to abide. I pray for a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Lord, in Charlotte, at the Gate Church, surrounding churches in this area. I pray, Lord, for a spirit of revelation of Jesus Christ. Lord, that there's more to discover of who you are. Lord, that we would be your gatekeepers. We would be your doorways.
Open up, you gates, you ancient doors, so the King of glory would come in, that we would learn Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That you've been crucified with him and now you've been resurrected with him and you have resurrection power. Lord, let us be teachable. Let us be like kids. Learning your ways. We break off religion and the lies that it's difficult to connect with you, that you are far away, that you are distant. It says that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. That it's your desire, the Godhead's desire to be one with you. So, Lord, I pray for seeds to take root in our hearts that every day of our lives that we be connected to our spirits, our souls and our bodies connecting to the Spirit of God. But, Lord, we pray for a momentum that comes from our brothers and sisters that we would begin to be familiar with the building blocks that are on top of us, that are below us, that are to the side of us, that we become familiar with you, Jesus, as the chief cornerstone, the foundation in which the church is being built. Lord, it's in this place that unity thrives. It's in this place your presence comes. Right now, I just pray for moments with you that they would not even have the wherewithal. You're in a service. Who's to your left and right? That you would begin to just connect with him. That right now, just in your own words, just begin to worship him. Your own song, just begin to worship him. there be a song of gratitude, a song of thanksgiving. A song that you begin to recognize the power of your yes, saying yes to covenant with the King of glory.
wanna sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. This love is so sweet, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your it's overwhelming I want to sit at your feet Drink from the cup in your hand Lay back against you and breathe Feel your heart beat This love is so deep It's more than I can stand I melt in your peace, it's overwhelming. Oh, it's overwhelming. Oh, it's overwhelming.
worship rise and holy is the Sing of your 
Of your 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're not going to leave worship, but we're going to let our friends on the computer take it from here. And we're going to pray for people. And so if you haven't been prayed for or you just want a little extra, come on up. We're going to pray over people. We're just going to watch God touch people. So let's go for it. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message. We're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.